Well, to begin with this morning, I want to, st- I want to play a-, a-, a video clip. And um, you can't help but know and hear what's in the news at the moment. I probably don't even have to mention it, what's in the news every day. But just for a bit of um, information, let's listen to this and watch this video. Take vitamin C and uh, lemon barley whiskey, and I know they wrote the clip about it because he's got into it. Well, I start the day with a good hot breakfast, porridge, eggs, and bacon, and a drop of whiskey and tea. You can defy the virus there. Oh, very good. What about you, madam? I believe in a good breakfast, but I also believe if you have got the flu, rinse your inside out with uh, continually with boiled water, about four or five half pint glasses a day, boiled water. Well, my remedy for flu is to uh, get a small Spanish onion, chop it up finely, and uh, put some brown sugar over it and a little vinegar. And then when it's into a syrup, take a spoonful before you go to bed. It's a very good remedy. Well, I'm a great believer in whiskey. I'm like the Scotchman. I believe in a drop of whiskey warm, and it, it, it sort of cures the germs. I think boiled onions are marvellous idea. What's your recipe? A jolly good hot rum punch and a jolly good sweat and stuff in bed till it's all over. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, uh, my mother recommends an old sweaty sock with salt around your throat, good pullover, and a good hot water bottle, and sweat it out, and then if you feel that you're not going to spread germs around, then get up. Well, I think it's quite a, a simple ailment to deal with. Uh-huh. I take a jolly good dose of salts and let nature do, do the rest. Well, the best way that we find, and the only way, uh, is the use of elderflower wine. If you take a good uh, glassful tonight, and uh, you go to bed, and you sweat it out, you know, and you're all right in a day, too. Well, there is a good cure in mustard and lard, and you rub the two well together, and get a good blend in, and then after it's real, really, I don't know how to do it, but my father does it. But does he eat it, or does he rub no, it into his rub chest? No, it or? on your chest, in the front and back. Oh. And it is a, it is a good cure. I see. How about you? Have you got a good cure? Mm-hmm. Goose grease. You can rub that on your chair, you know, after you've been cooking the goose, and then keep the grease and uh, rub it on your chair. A large sheet of brown paper and cut it to go under the arms. Yes. And do, uh, you warm it first mm-hmm. and get hot, uh, a, a warm goose grease. Mm-hmm. So as the, and uh, spread mustard over the brown paper first yes get warm goose grease which um, most people have got in the house you spread it over the mustard on the paper to avoid any burning of the skin i see and should inflammation be setting in as the doctor says does sometimes you boil the uh, boil elderflower Mm. and give the patient a dose of the elderflower water I see. But then, do you go to bed with this on, the yes, brown paper? Yes, and the goose grease avoids it from burning. Oh. You get the ordinary mustard, and you spread it onto the brown paper, and warm the goose grease on the hob, and just spread it over there. Don't you brown find paper. it a bit messy? Oh, well, you've got to spread that. You've got to put up with that, haven't you? Well, if I feel as if the flu is coming on me, I take a nice big tumbler full of hot lemonade, Put in about three teaspoonfuls of rum, two aspirins, get into bed, cover myself up well, tie the stocking that I've been wearing on my feet, one of them, around my throat, put a safety pin, 
and stay in bed and sweat it out. And in the morning, change my pajamas and stay in the bed. And then again, I do it again in that once in the afternoon, once again at night. And I find in three days' time, I'm cured. What do you find is the best way to cure the flu? Well, just think that you haven't got it. And to... Better than that, boil onion. Yes. And just leave it go cool, warm, just cooler for drinking. And drink it up, and that's it. And just don't be languid and about. Just get out of it and work it off yourself. <laughs> so, have you tried those yet? Some of them say, yes, I have. When you were small. Fantastic. I'm not taking your socks off and tying them around your neck. That's, uh... Do you know what? Um, I want to talk today about don't be anxious, okay? Because if we watch the news, the, the anxiety is building, isn't it? And things are just, oh, you, you know, and every day we I, I drive in, there's somebody else, another expert, telling us about this flu, um, this coronavirus. And what I love about these, these guys in the, in the late 50s there, they're, they're not panicking, they're not anxious. Oh, yeah, just boil some onions and we'll be fine, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, play, I'm not, not making fun of what's going on because obviously people have, um, have died from this virus. But then... People die every day, don't they? And, and, and anxiety is, is building. And I want to just have a look at this in a response. What does, what does Scripture say? What does God say? What does Holy Spirit say about being anxious? And we're going to look at that. Don't be anxious. Because that is what clear what Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit what says, what Jesus says, um, what the Apostle Paul says. Don't be anxious. Just to... Um, this week, you can't help but know, but the chief medical officer... Um, moved the um, concern regarding the coronavirus from low to moderate, didn't he? And, and so, of course, as a church, we will thoughtfully think about that and take into account what the government advice is on things. And so, um, but how do we respond to that anxiety? How do we respond to that anxiety? I feel that's being stirred, that's being in society by constant analysing and um, news reports. So if you haven't seen the government advice already, what they're saying at the moment is that you need to wash your hands for 20 seconds mm. and wash your hands with hot water and soap. Um, you will see in the news or maybe experience or maybe doing it yourself some panic buying of different items. <laughs> and so toilet paper is one. And Sally was reading to me um, yesterday what to do when you run out of toilet paper. <laughs> Go and see Sally. She'll, um, she'll talk to you about that. So uh, um, I don't want to talk about that right now. But, um, it makes me anxious. But it's been... <laughs> makes you anxious, yeah. But it has been suggested that um, you wash your hands more regularly, 20 seconds. And it's also been suggested that you sing happy birthday to yourself twice. Uh, a, a colleague of ours has maybe changed that a bit and said, well, actually, if you say the Lord's Prayer, that is about 20 seconds, 23 seconds exactly, but probably depends on the translation that you're reading. And I was doing that yesterday when I was washing my hands and saying amen at the end of it, you know. So, But it's, it's, it's common sense um, to do that. And also when you cough and when you sneeze, cover your mouth 
cover your nose. Uh, if you have a tissue, use a tissue. If you don't have a tissue, they say, don't cover your um, face with your hands when you sneeze, but um, sneeze and cough into your, into your sleeve or into the crotch of your elbow. Uh, and then wash your hands afterwards um, with soap and hot water or s- sanitizing gel, if you can find it. <laughs> so, so, and also, uh, the government advice is to avoid touching your eyes, um, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. Um, so that's government advice. And then if you display any of the symptoms, um, then please self-isolate, they say, and telephone the NHS uh, on 111. Okay? And I would say if you, if you feel you have the thing, speak to us as well and we'll, we'll help you through that and, and support you through that. Okay? So, yes, we can have a bit of fun, but it's also there's serious sides of it, isn't there, as well? But we are not to be anxious about it, and um, we will we will get through this, and it will be fine, you know. Mm. So, I want to I want to look at um, Matthew chapter six, and at the moment we are um, exploring and um, looking at Matthew five, six, and seven, and talking about lifestyle. What does Jesus say about lifestyle, and in particular kingdom lifestyle? How are we How are we meant to live as followers of Jesus? And in this um, talking the sermon and other things that Jesus says in these three chapters of Matthew have been really interesting, exciting, challenging, encouraging, mm-hmm. and uh, helping us to be truly these disciples and followers of Jesus that he has called us to be, to, to live right, to have this lifestyle that um, God intended for every one of us who love him. And so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation says this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. I'm going to stop there a minute because this passage is started with something, referring to something else. It's saying that is why. Your translation may say therefore. And so what is Jesus talking about when he says that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life? Well, the the section before is all about money and possessions and that um, we cannot serve both money and God. And um, you'll see in this passage that Jesus talks about now, about not worrying, he says we must make the kingdom of God our primary concern. And so um, when he says that is why, he's referring to the fact that we cannot serve God and money. If money is our greatest priority, then we're worrying about Money, we're worrying about ourselves, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what, we, what we're going to clothe, we're worrying about tomorrow. But when we have God as our highest priority, this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, do not worry. So I want to look at um, this passage. I'm going to read it out first, and then I'm going to pick out some of the key points I think um, are helpful for us in, in this time, in, in, in our whole life, in our lifestyle, but also in, in particularly about the anxiety that is being stirred at the moment in society. And how do we respond to that spiritually? So that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. 
They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So I'm going to look at a few points this morning, and then later on, we're going to look at some of the antidotes for anxiety. And so, first of all, though, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious, Jesus says, about everyday life. Don't be anxious about what you eat, what you drink, what you're going to wear, this, that. Don't be anxious about everyday life. Then he says this, don't be anxious, I believe, because he says life is more than this. Life is more than what we eat, what we drink, and what we are wearing. Life is more than that. So don't worry about those things. Because God is there. He, 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 he is saying that life is more important, that there are far more things than in life than these things. It's more than food, he says, more than your body, more than clothing. And then he uses that example of the birds. You know, don't be anxious. I believe, um, when I read this uh, about the birds, he says, for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't they more valuable? So I believe the Father has your back, okay? When we trust in him, he has your back. Don't worry about, um, don't be anxious about things. Don't try and sort all these things out yourself. Seek him first, as we will keep coming back to. But don't be anxious. Father has your back. And also we we see here, don't be anxious because we are valuable, okay? Father... Our Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the King of the kingdom that we are part of, this kingdom of God, he has your back and he thinks that you are valuable. And at times we, don't, we worry about those things and, and that we don't feel that we are valuable, but we are valuable. And, um, and Jesus uses the example of the birds, doesn't he, to say, look, look at the birds, how beautiful, how they don't, they don't sow, they don't harvest. But our Heavenly Father looks after them. And you are more valuable than those birds. You are valuable. Don't be anxious. Jesus says here later on in this verse, um, in verse 20, 30, he says this, doesn't he? Um, is it 30? Anyway, I want to say this, that worrying doesn't add anything to your life. Okay, don't be anxious. Worrying doesn't add anything to your life. Now, I'm sure you've heard that said a number of times about worrying. Oh, don't worry. You know, don't worry. It's not going to add anything. Worry doesn't do anything, does it? I'm sure you've heard that saying. But yet, sometimes we find ourselves worrying, even when we know that worrying doesn't add anything to our lives. But Jesus is saying, hang on a minute. Live the life that I have called you to live and then you don't need to be anxious. You don't need to be anxious. 
Because worrying doesn't add anything to the life that we live. All it does is create worry. And you see that right now in the anxiety that's being stirred. Don't be anxious because of this. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. Um, It says, um, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? I want to say today that you are a child of God. It says in here, your father has got, I interpret it, the father's got your back. So you are a child of God. You have faith in God. And um, I was intrigued by this bit where it says this here, later on it says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Your version may say paper. What do you think of when you, when you read that? Don't worry about these things, saying what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. This is why I say you are a child of God. Okay? We are believers. But what Jesus is saying Anxiety and and worry and all these things is the things that dominate the thoughts of those who don't believe. And so take a step back and say, hang on a minute, I am a believer, so I don't need to worry about these things. I don't need to be anxious about these things because I am a child of God. I am valuable. And so we have this faith in God Because he already knows all our needs. And for me, this next bit is what pivots this whole passage when it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. So if you balance that with what I just said about unbelievers, this is what consumes the thoughts of unbelievers, worrying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to get the coronavirus? All those thoughts and anxieties that, that are being stirred, well, that is what fills the, the thoughts of the unbeliever. But, but we are children of God. We are believers in God. We have faith in God. And so when we seek the kingdom of God first and we live righteously, he will provide everything that we need. So we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to worry. But there is something that we have to do there, isn't there? We have to seek the kingdom of God first in everything that we do. I mean, many of us who, who have been followers of Christ for a long time, we may be able to 
wrote by rote to say, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. It's depending on the version you have. But are we seeking his kingdom yeah, first? Right. Yeah, good question. Are we seeking his kingdom first? Or are we, are we worrying about things and then seeking the kingdom? Jesus is clear that we are to seek his kingdom first. Don't be anxious. Live righteously. Don't be anxious. He will give you everything that you need. And don't worry about tomorrow. And that's what's being stirred in us, isn't it, in society. What's going to happen? When's this going to happen? Is it going to happen? And if it does happen, how are we going to deal with it? And how many people are going to die? And if, you, if you're vulnerable, and all these things are being stirred, and anxiety is being stirred. But I want to, I want to take this opportunity for us to rise up in faith, rise up in, in, in what we know and what we believe as followers of Christ, that um, we, when we seek his kingdom, when we live righteously, then we don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. Don't be anxious about everyday life. Your life is more than what we eat, drink or wear. Father has your back because you're valuable. In fact, worrying doesn't add anything but anxiety into your life because you are a child of God. You believe, you have faith in him because he already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live right and he will give you everything you need so you don't need to be anxious about tomorrow. In the news, um, they talk about um, antidotes and vaccines and you know, by time we've created one, it's going to be too late. But I, I, I read Philippians, we're going to go to there now, Philippians chapter 4, and I read um, what Paul talks about, anxiety, and I believe from there I, I, I can see eight anecdote, uh, um, antidotes for um, anxiety. And so we'll go, go there now. If you have your Bible, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So, Paul echoes the words of Jesus when he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So I want to look at these antidotes for anxiety, which I picked out from this passage. Firstly, the most obvious one is this. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. And it is the most obvious, but is it what we do? Is it what we do? Is it the last resort or the first thing that we do? And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling anxious, 
Don't be anxious about anything, Paul says, but pray about everything. Mm. I've certainly found this in my own life. You know, if, if I, I sense I'm being anxious about something, I say, hang on a minute. You tell us not to be anxious. You tell us not to worry. So I'm going to pray about this. And when you pray about it, you release something which brings the Holy Spirit and his presence into the situation. So first anecdote, an antidote sorry, for anxiety is pray about everything. And if you're not praying about everything, I want to encourage you to pray about everything. And if you have difficulty doing that, get someone alongside you to pray with you as well. Secondly, I see from this passage, tell God what you need. This is another antidote for anxiety. Tell him what you need. If you are worrying about things, although Jesus says, look, you don't need to worry about these things. I already know what you need. Just trust in me. Seek me first and, 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 his, and my righteousness or righteous. Oh, I've gone into another version now, but, um, but tell God what you need. Tell God what you need, and that will release any anxiety that you're feeling. Thirdly, we see from here that uh, Paul tells us to thank God for all he has done. Another antidote for anxiety is to thank him for all that he's done, and also thank him in faith for what he is going to do and what he will do, because he is a faithful God. He is an awesome God. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah? yeah? Thank God for all he has done. And then we see another anecdote. I keep saying anecdote. Another antidote is this. God's peace exceeds everything. Stop and think about that for a moment. God's peace exceeds everything. Feeling anxious. Call on the peace that, we, that is ours because we are his son. It's interesting that in here it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, he says, you will experience God's peace. So, and this peace exceeds anything we can understand. And also, this peace will guard our hearts and our minds. Because... When anxiety is being stirred, it's our minds, isn't it, that start thinking all sorts of things. And, and sometimes it feels like our minds are getting out of control uh, of, what, of, of this worry. is anxiety. I know I'm not meant to worry. I know I'm not meant to be anxious, but I'm, I'm still doing this. I'm still doing this. Well, stop. Pray about everything. Tell him what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And then, then we are told quite clearly, then... The peace which exceeds everything, his peace will guard your heart, will guard your mind. So you can take captive those things and say, no, I'm not having it. I'm not being anxious. I'm not worrying about these things. I'm putting my faith in God, my father, who has my back. And then uh, another antidote for anxiety, number five, is that we live in Christ Jesus. We, we talked uh, earlier on this year, I think it was this year or last year, about belonging, no, last year, wasn't it, about belonging to Christ. We belong to Christ, but we are to live in Christ. We are to live in Jesus Christ. Our whole life is to be, have Jesus as the center of everything that we do. And that's an antidote for anxiety. If we live in Christ, then I don't believe we will be anxious about anything. 
And then six is this. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely and admirable. Fix your thoughts. Again, it's our minds, isn't it? Fix your thoughts. Don't fix your thoughts on the anxiety that's being stirred. Don't fix your thoughts on what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't fix your thoughts on all the things that we can worry about, but fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honourable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, which is honourable. Fix your thoughts on those things. Think about things. Number seven, think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are worthy of praise. These are great antidotes for anxiety, for worry. Think about these things. Think about excellent things that we are told, the promises of God, the things that we know because of the things that we have been taught, because of the things that we read in Scripture, because of Holy Spirit in our lives. Think about things that are excellent, that are worthy of praise. And who is worthy of praise? Jesus is worthy of praise. He is worthy of our praise. So think about him and all that he's done. Think about him because he is worthy of praise. And number eight, eighth antidote for anxiety is put into practice all you have learned, received, and heard. Again, we have to do something here. Put it into practice. The things that we learn, the things that we hear, the things that we read in Scripture, the things that we have received, put them into practice, which comes back to um, some of the things that we've been saying. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to carry on living as someone who's anxious about everything? Are you going to carry on living, worrying about tomorrow? I want to challenge you and encourage you to put into practice all that you have heard, all that you have received, and all that you have learned. Do something about it. Put it into practice. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about everyday life because your life is more than what we eat, drink or wear. Father God has your back because you're valuable. You are valuable. In fact, worrying doesn't add anything but anxiety to your life. You are a child of God. You believe. You have faith in him because he already knows all your needs. And seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live right and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who we are because of you. I thank you that we are your children and you care for us. And that we, in this kingdom lifestyle that we have, can live for you, seeking you first in everything that we do. And having your kingdom as our primary concern, our highest concern. And so, Lord, I pray that as followers of Jesus, we will put these things into practice, that we will listen, that we will hear what we are reading, what we are being told, that we are children of God, that we are valuable, 
and that we can trust you and that we don't need to be anxious. And so, Lord, I pray today for every one of us. I pray especially for those that maybe live with worry, live with anxiety, that they will grasp hold of this truth today, that we are yours, that you have us, that we are protected by you, but also that we can live for you an abundant life, this kingdom lifestyle that you've called us to live. And I pray today for our nation. I pray for the anxiety that is being stirred throughout the globe. And we stand on the promises and we trust the promises that you give and we trust in you that you know, we can trust in you, that you are Jesus, that you are God, that you are Holy Spirit and that we are carriers of your presence. And just as this is, this is being spread across the globe, this anxiety, we pray your Holy Spirit will be spread across this globe. That, Lord, the outpouring of your spirit will happen. That, Jesus, this anxiety will be gone and that your Holy Spirit will rise up. And that through this time, in this time, we will see people come to you. That people will be saved. That people will go from being anxious but to trusting in you and living for you, Lord Jesus. And so we stand with our brothers and our sisters throughout the world, those that follow you, and we say, Lord that you would um, just bind up what you say in Matthew, bind what's on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we pray for the outpouring of your spirit, Lord Jesus, I pray. And we actually pray uh, an end to this virus. We pray an end to this coronavirus. And we say, stop. We say, be gone in, in, in Jesus' name. As quickly as it has come, we pray that it will go just as quickly. And that we can move on with life. But in this moment, in this time of anxiety, we, I pray your Holy Spirit will rise. Your, your word will rise. Your gospel will arise. And people will see you and hear you and give their lives to you, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.